For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And that, of course, is the voice of at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the Power Rankings podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings show. And uh, we've got some Power Rankings to do. We've got some trade talk. Uh, my audio might sound a little bit different than normal. I am uh, I am not in my normal place. I'm basically like in a hotel room. So if I don't sound uh, warm and fuzzy. I apologize, but hopefully I sound like Neil Diamond. Uh, that being said, uh, a couple things here with the uh, trade deadline. Marcus was just going over some of the moves with me, but there was uh, one move that really hacked you off and another move that you thought a team should at least kick the tires on. So let's let's start with what you're fired up about. So the commanders traded away Montez Sweat and Chase Young today. Uh, I understand them trading one. I do not understand them trading both. We'll start with the Montez Sweat one. They got a second-round pick from the Chicago Bears that's very likely to be a top-40 pick. Completely understand that one. Uh, Sweat's going to be 29 years old next year. I think that's a fantastic trade. I don't understand the Chase Young trade at all. Trading Chase Young to the 49ers for a compensatory third-round pick, which basically means that pick is going to be at the end of the third round in the late 90s, early 100s uh, for a player that's 24 years old, playing the best football of his career and ascending, I I don't get it. I think that's a huge mistake by Washington. Uh, I don't disagree. After you talk to me about this, I, you know, because because he wasn't on the fifth-year option, they declined it, uh, which you can do with, you know, uh, Chase Young was a first-round pick in 2020, mm-hmm. so his fifth-year option would be the 2024 season, but Washington doesn't have that anymore. So, therefore, you're looking at a guy that's going to be a free agent. But if this is a player that's going to be a linchpin for your team for the future, um, I, I definitely see your point. It, it seems like a give-up move for the team, either that or they're evaluating Chase Young differently than everybody else's, uh, which I think probably goes to the heart of your ire. But I mean, he has, only th- I mean, if you use like the NFL next gen stats, he's got more pressures and hurries than Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa. So like, I, maybe you can evaluate him differently, but when you're producing that much, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I think this is only about 80% of your anger though. I think there's a good strong percentage here. That's uh, the team that he went to. 
Just I, I mean, it it doesn't help that the Eagle or the uh, the Commanders decided to kind of screw over the Cowboys and the Eagles here by giving away their best player to the rival of the Cowboys and the uh, the the Eagles here. That certainly doesn't help. But I just don't understand the the benefit of this because what what we've seen over the last you know twenty minutes or so is everybody's saying, well, it's a rental for the Forty ers They'll recoup this pick uh, in compensatory free agency next year. Why didn't Washington do, just do that? Why not see how the rest of this year goes for Chase Young? If it's clear that you don't think he's going to be in your long-term future, it's fine. Let him go. Pick up a, a compensatory pick in 2025. Or what if he continues to get better and he stays healthy? Give him a massive contract extension. You you drafted him at number two overall for a reason. I, I just think it's a moronic move by Washington. And he was really good out of the gate. Uh, yes. By the way, I stacked some pillows up here, so I'd sound like I'm in a podcast booth. I don't know if it's working, but that's uh, good. So you you told me the other day that you, you were basically like, "Why not? Why should the Cowboys not kick the tires on Derrick Henry?" The first thing I think people will think is, you know, this offense is already conservative enough. This new offense uh, under Mike McCarthy. Uh, I know they had a big blowout win, but I think we can agree the offense has struggled a lot at, at times this year, particularly the red zone. And adding Derrick Henry to the mix will put give you another expensive running back uh, when you're already conservative enough. So why Derrick Henry to Dallas? I, I just don't love it because the Cowboys are playing at a shotgun more than ever. Um, and we just know that's not where Derrick Henry thrives. They're throwing the running backs more. I also like Rico Dowdle a lot. I, I think Rico Dowdle has been a really nice player. So as much as I've loved Derrick Henry, I love watching. I just don't think it's a good fit for Dallas. So you're not down with it then? I'm not. It's no, something that's been discussed. So you're yes, out on it. I'm out. You know, I, I personally, <clears throat> I love the idea of a team going for it. I also think you have to be smart about the fit. And just grabbing a good player to go for it, a la the Rams grabbing Odell Beckham a couple of years to go ago to go for it, Von Miller to go for it. I thought those moves really paid off, but they fit in what they were trying to yep. do. Derrick Henry is a very specific skill set player, and I, I'm with you on this one. Uh, that's they're, just, they're not names just on a page, right? You've got to actually figure out if they fit into your offense or not. And I just don't think it fits Dallas right now. I always wonder who's the guy that says they're not, these guys aren't just names on the page. I think it's at Marcus underscore Mosher. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's look at the rankings here. Now this is an audio only podcast, by the way, but we're looking at them. Uh, Marcus went to the trouble to make graphics and then we don't even use them. Way to go. That's right. uh, that's, that's on me. Uh, number 32. I saw the Panthers. I know they got their first win. Kudos to Marcus for picking that. Um, I, you know, Bar- Bryce Young outplayed CJ Stroud. That's great. They still didn't put a lot of points up on the board. And you've got to do it more than one week, man. They've had one decent game. They've had a lot of bad outings. I I think you could still keep them here for now. Yeah, it was it was nice to see them get a win. You can see that things are starting to slow down for Bryce Young. This was easily his best game of his career. Uh, I'm excited to see them the, the rest of the year. My next three teams are all trending in the wrong direction. Arizona, after I really was impressed with them the first four or five weeks of the season, not after the last three weeks. They kept it. Kind of close against Baltimore, but they're not getting anything offensively now they no longer have Josh Dobbs. Green Bay lost to Minnesota, who lost Kirk Cousins in the game, and Green Bay still lost that game. And the Raiders looked pretty awful on Monday night, minus a pick six. Their offense can't move the ball. I assume you have no problem with these three. No, I I think you could even argue that the Raiders are lower. I know they beat the Packers, but 
I think this is the worst offense in the NFL. They've got the least amount of explosive plays. Um, they don't do anything well on offense, despite having Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs. It's just not only are they bad, but they're boring. And that's a lot of times that's worse for me. And, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously he was under pressure last week but or, or last night. But, you know, that play to Devontae Adams on that nine route, sometimes you just got to put the ball up and let your player make a play on it. And granted, if it's not a well-thrown ball, you're missing out on the touchdown. But just give him a chance to catch the ball yep. in bounds and get you 35 yards. Uh, it, it was a Horrific big miss throw. in that game. Yeah. Okay, uh, 26, or excuse me, 28, uh, another team that's really not, I, they were okay against Miami, but New England has done really nothing. Uh, word is they're trying to get rid of Ezekiel Elliott now. Chicago Bears, after an encouraging win last week, proved that a Division II quarterback going up against Justin Herbert is never an equal match there at 27. And the Giants at 26, who lost uh, in overtime to the Jets, Tyrod Taylor got hurt. And then lastly, to round out this board, I've got Tampa Bay at 25. Tampa's defense has probably played the best in the NFC South. But Marcus, you pointed out to me on the phone, their quarterback play has just gone downhill the last few weeks. Yep. I don't think any of these four teams, the Patriots, the Bears, the Giants, and probably even the Bucs are going to make the playoffs, even though the Bucs are in the NFC South. So as bad... <laughs> The Giants had negative nine passing yards, and they actually moved up one spot in your power rankings. And I don't disagree because the <laughs> Bears, Patriots, and Raiders were so bad this weekend. Uh, it's just it's unbelievable. At least the Giants' defense is playing well. Um, the offense, not so much. Maybe it'll get better now that Daniel Jones is coming back in week nine. I, I will say this about the Giants. They've played a lot better the last three weeks, yes. at least in, in certain phases of the game. Every game has been competitive. They lost to a very pesky Jets team, which wasn't really a home game. Obviously, no. it's Jets-Giants. They play in the same stadium. The Bucks are at 25 because they still have a chance. I'm just – I'm really starting to lose it uh, with those guys, I, I, as in lose faith. Let's go to the next group of teams. These are depressing. I move the Broncos up to 24 they got to win, a division win at home against Kansas City. Yay. They still have not played good football at all this season. Uh, Anders are starting to have uh, what you would call a fire cell. Maybe you could jump the Broncos over the Commanders. But if you're asking me which of these two teams have played better this year, it's the Commanders, not the Broncos. Titans got a sneaky win at 22 over Atlanta. That's great. I still don't think the Titans are very good. I don't think they're going to compete in the AFC South. We'll find out. But anyway, Broncos at 24, Commanders at 23, Titans at 22. I was, I'll say I was encouraged by this Titans team uh, against the Falcons. We'll see how they look on Thursday against Pittsburgh. But if they win that game and you're four and four with a rookie quarterback, you know, coming off back-to-back wins, I, I just wouldn't rule out this Titans team yet because we've seen them do this before with Mike Rabel. They're so well coached. Uh, I'm keeping an eye on them. I'll just say this. I know a lot of you guys know out there that I'm into uni talk. And there are a lot of people I know that love unis. And if there's one NFL uniform I've never heard a complaint about ever that everyone loves and agrees it's an awesome look, it's the Houston Oilers. Yeah, and the I Titans wore it, and it looked amazing this week. It looked cool when the University of Houston Cougars wore it a few weeks ago. I don't know why I said it like Cougars, but uh, yeah, they look great. Uh, Colts at 21. They're starting to fall in the back of the pack. They've played pretty consistent this year, I think for the most part, Marcus, but I don't think they're going to be able to resurrect the season and make a playoff spot, but that might be ditto Houston at 20 who lost a game that they really could not afford to lose at Carolina. 
And Atlanta playing a weaker Titans team, they could have kind of kept themselves in the driver's seat, the NFC South, and they blew it. Yeah, the Colts, we shouldn't be surprised at all. There's a reason why Gardner Minshew is always available every year. Uh, It's because he can look really good for a few games, but you just can't rely on him week in and week out. Uh, And you're starting to see that. The defense is also really struggling. I was really disappointed in Houston. That was a game where you're so much more talented than your team that you're going against. You're coming off a bye and they just look terrible. Um, you had a, they had a real chance to stay competitive in the AFC South, and now yep. you got to wonder what the future looks like for this team. You bet. Rounding out this list, we've got the Rams at 18 and the Saints at 17. I'll be honest with you guys. I think the Rams might be better than this. I know they got blown out by the Cowboys, but there were some huge momentum shifts very early in that game with a couple of bad calls that went against the Rams. I'm not saying the Rams deserved to win. They got blown out. But it also helped uh, the Cowboys cause that Matt Stafford got hurt. They got it within two scores. They had the momentum in the game, and his thumb, uh, he, he's got a, a sprain of his thumb. It's pretty bad. He kept hitting it in the game. I kind of felt yeah. for him. He really gutted it out. But don't you agree the Rams are a little better than their record and better than what they showed against Dallas? A little bit, but at the same time, they played so terrible against Pittsburgh in the second half. They lost that game against the Bengals early in the season where Joe Burrow couldn't move and couldn't throw the ball beyond five Mm -hmm. yards. That was Mm -hmm. an atrocious loss. And in this game, things just snow, you know, they they snow pile on them, right? They snowball on them. They just, they get down, they can't overcome. The lack of talent on defense is pretty staggering. So I think they are good, bad team this year. They're going to be competitive for a while, but they just can't close out these games. Right. They may be a seven and 10 team that that uh, can sneak up and beat you, but they're not going to go anywhere. We'll, no. we'll we'll see what happens there at 17. By the way, the Saints, uh, they're the front runner in the NFC South. That tells you all you need to know. Uh, OK, I've got the Vikings at 16. They've lost Kirk Cousins for the season. There goes the MVP pick. But more importantly, I feel really bad for this guy. Marcus and I talk about Kirk Cousins a lot. We both think he's underrated. We both think he's a really tough player and you want to see him finish the season. And he just had a, one of the best quarterback games of the season for any quarterback yeah. uh, against the 49ers on Monday night. There was nothing fluky about the Minnesota win over San Francisco last Monday night. So I hate to see that Cleveland at 15, maybe they couldn't have won this weekend for sure, but they were in position and they're one of these teams that they've got to find ways to win these games. So they're going to be on the outside looking in again. Yeah, I, they, they can't throw the ball at all. Their defense is outstanding. They can run the ball a little bit, but the quarterback situation is just dreadful. And now they've traded away Donovan Peoples-Jones, one of their starting receivers. Um, I, I, I don't know when we can expect this passing game to get back to even league average. Remember in Moneyball when Brad Pitt and uh, I forget the actor's name, but the guy playing uh, infield coach Ron Washington played paid uh, Scott Hattieberg a visit mm-hmm. at his house? Yep. And they're like, he finally has to say, yeah, I can't throw the ball. And Brad Pitt goes, you played your last game behind the plate. I think somebody needs to go to the Browns and be like, look, man, you played your last game behind the plate. We're moving you to first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just, just run the ball to the single wing at this point. You have a better chance of winning. Honestly, uh, I mean, Pitt's- if they would punt on first down, I think they have a better chance of winning. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should on third and long do some pooch punts. You know, oh, Pittsburgh God. did that with Ben Roethlisberger early in his well, career. Honestly, I wonder if if they would have punted on third and three, I bet you they win that game. 
right? Because now you can pin Seattle inside their 10 yeah. or 15 yard line. Instead, you throw an interception, Seattle gets the ball at Cleveland's 40 yard line and five plays later, they score a touchdown and win the game outright. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And honestly, that used to be a big part of NFL strategy in the old days was punting on third and long where the other team's safety ends up having to field the punt. You don't ever get a return that way. And uh, sometimes the safety lets it go and the ball just bounces and bounces and bounces. You get a 55 yard punt exactly. uh, from a quarterback that barely hit the ball. So uh, we're talking about with his foot. Uh, speaking of Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger, they used to do that play every once in a while. They're at 14 at the chargers at 13, the jets at 12. I feel like this three pack right here, it's a mediocre group of teams of the three. I actually feel like the Jets are the most pesky. That's why I had them at 12. They seem to do a lot of things relatively well to mitigate who's under center, whereas the Chargers don't help their franchise quarterback out nearly enough, and Pittsburgh can't keep relying on wonky plays to capitalize and win. Yeah, Mike Tomlin after the game said, you know, we got three turnovers, but they weren't advantageous spots for us. Basically, like, they got three turnovers in the red zone, but they weren't far enough down the field to put the offense in scoring position. That's when you know your offense is in trouble yes. when you're getting that picky about when you're getting your turnovers. Um, it's crazy, but yeah, the Steelers and Jets both having to win on defense. It, I, I wonder which one is more sustainable. I would probably lean Pittsburgh, but the Jets are continue to find ways to win these games as well. Yeah. Normally you get three takeaways in a game. You win. Period. Regardless of the strength of the teams. Uh, I've got Cincinnati at 11. They've played really uh, are a lot better. The only thing I want to qualify this win over San Francisco with is they were coming off a bye. The 49ers just had a pretty draining Monday night game after a really tough physical game the week before against Cleveland. And so I don't know how much to make of it, but Cincinnati is clearly playing better. Buffalo is not for right now. I've got Buffalo at 10 ahead of the Bengals. We'll find out soon enough on mm -hmm. that, those two teams. Sunday night and football. then Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, exactly. And we're going to do a picks podcast. We will go over that uh, in a little bit more detail. Jacksonville at number nine. I have no qualms putting them in the top 10. They didn't play perfect against the Saints a week and a half ago, but they got the win on the road. They keep winning. They've got a good record. They've got a good quarterback. I think they have a good coach. There are other things that they could do better. But by and large, I do think they just belong in the top 10. Yeah, they've been without their number one corner, Tyson Campbell, for the last four weeks. It hasn't impacted them too much. Starting to get some guys back uh, from injuries. They traded for Ezra Cleveland, a starting caliber left guard. I think this team is starting to come into their own a little bit. Yeah, Jack's got Ezra Cleveland from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, again, Vikings 16, Browns 15, Steelers 14, Chargers 13. I got the Jets at 12. Bengals at 11, Bills at uh, 10, and the Jags at 9. Let's go to our top eight. These are, allegedly, uh, the best teams in the league. We'll we'll talk about them. I, I could have put the Seahawks above the Lions. I thought the Lions were relatively impressive Monday night. I don't think you could say Seattle was impressive against Cleveland. In fact, you just detailed how they could have lost the game. I do recognize that Seattle beat Detroit in Detroit, but that's been, what, five weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be a different game now, but I have a hot draft opinion here sure. for you. I know you were big on the receiver Seattle took in the first round, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about the Lions first round picks because I think a lot of people, particularly kind of the more the analytics style crowd, I don't want to put this on analytics, but that crowd isn't really a big fan of taking a running back and an off the ball linebacker in the first round. 
But watching those two guys play, and I realized Campbell had the big uh, penalty in the end zone uh, on Garoppolo. It's pretty interesting in this day and age, Marcus, when teams um, have a guy for his first four years, like Chase Young of Washington, and then he goes and plays for somebody else. Why not get a running back and off the ball linebacker who, all those, those positions may not be the most important. They are positions you can step in and play right away. So from that standpoint, the Lions are getting a lot of value from their first round picks because they're on the field contributing right now. Well, number one, you can find running backs all over the place when you don't have to spend a top you know, 12 pick. I mean, just look around the league. Look what Philadelphia is doing right now with DeAndre Swift, the former Lions running back, right? They got him for a song, and he's one of the best rushers in the league. Um, I think it's just too easy to replace those positions. And as we know, the value just doesn't last very long. The, the more they play, the more that, the, the you know, they, they lose value. So I, I get the point, but mostly in a vacuum, I would stay away from drafting running backs and off the ball linebackers high. But neither one of these guys were top 10 picks. And that's where, you know, well, 12 is, I mean, it's close, but the, yeah. the, the crowd that really hates us always wants you to get a franchise quarterback. And this argument really started when the giants didn't take a quarterback and they took Saquon Barkley. Um, and I'm just making the point that one of the advantages of taking these positions in the first round is you're getting a very high quality player who could play for you right away. And if you're only going to keep the guys for three or four years anyway, then why not get somebody that plays all those years? By the way, I think Craig Reynolds is going to end up being better than Swift, but uh, we'll, we'll have to come back to yep. that one. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at at six. The Ravens are cruising along kind of, but I, I was right on that pick. They didn't exactly dominate the Cardinals. They were, they were winning. Uh, they didn't dominate. The Cowboys dominated against the Rams, but we've talked a little bit about this group being uh, front runners. Do you feel that way after watching them against the Rams? Do I think the Cowboys are front runners? Definitely. I mean, I I do, but I also think they've designed their team that way a little bit. So I have to give them some credit. You know, they've designed their team to be smaller and faster. So when they get leads, they can turn seven point games into 21 point games and 10, you know, 10 plays like they did on Sunday I still think there's a gap between them and the 49ers and the Eagles, but I actually think there's a gap between Dallas and Detroit as well. So I think as the third team in the NFC, I think it makes sense. Yeah. When you have two great edge players like Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, and I think Demarcus Lawrence is still rated higher, isn't he? Yes. PFF. Who, who would guess that? It, it's really easy to, like you said, to turn a seven point game into a 21 point game because they can force mistakes. They can make it really hard for the other team, but and then, of course, there's the Cowboys offense. But I just hate to see all the Cowboys lead the league in blowouts, home blowouts over the last three years. But we know what ends up happening. And I think what everybody wants to see is a little more mental toughness sure. or at the very least, maybe in my case, a little less celebration, and a little bit more of a business like attitude. Like, OK, we took care of business at home, but we got to keep this going, you know. I think I think Cowboy fans would rather see Dallas win 24 to 17 at home or 28 20 home and then go on the road and play similar quality football and not win 38 to 7 and then uh, have some of the games they've had the last few years. Uh, we still have the 49ers over the Cowboys. The 49ers have beaten the Cowboys three times in a row, but the Niners have lost three in a row. Kansas City lost uh, to the Broncos pretty handily. Any concern for the 49ers or the Chiefs? 
I'm not so much concerned for the 49ers because when Trent Williams doesn't play, it has a major impact on this team. Same with Debo Samuel. Now they get Chase Young. I think they're going to be fine. I am concerned about the the Chiefs. I mean, this is the worst I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play. Nobody Mm -hmm. is getting open. And now that we're past the NFL trade deadline, there's no help coming in. This is who your team basically is going forward. Um, this is the worst Mahomes has ever played in his hundred starts. And I think five of his seven starts this year have been among the worst that he's ever had in his career. So something Mm -hmm. is clearly not working in Kansas city. And I'm just not optimistic that it's suddenly going to get better as the year goes on. It's an older team, especially on offense. I think the chiefs have some major concerns, especially on offense right now. I have seen the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL press whether it's Joe Montana, Tom Brady, and I'll I'll say Brady was probably the best about not doing it, Dan Marino, when they feel like uh, they've got to do it all on their own, they they, they don't make good decisions anymore. And as talented as these players are, particularly in the case of Marino and Mahomes, you can be talented, but it's still their decision-making that makes them elite players. And that's what gets impacted when you start pressuring yourself. And I, I saw this happen a lot with Philip Rivers, quite frankly, later in his career with the Chargers. He just felt like he had to do too much, and he was throwing the ball down the field and getting picked off. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying Philip Rivers is as good as Patrick Mahomes, who is a very, very good player. And it reminded me that uh, a little – in Miami right now, <laughs> it's funny. It seems like Tua doesn't really have to press to get the ball to Tyreek Hill. They're going to get one once a game. And you're either going to be able to stop it or you aren't. And it seems like this year, nobody's stopping it. No, and the scary thing about Miami is they're starting to get some players back. Teron Armstead is supposed to come back in the next couple of weeks. Jalen Ramsey did come back last week, Had got an interception. interception. Yep. Xavier Howard expected to be back in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jalen Phillips, their Pro Bowl defensive end. I think there's a ceiling to this team that we haven't seen yet uh, for the Dolphins. I'm excited. Yeah, Jalen Phillips, who happened to be maybe the best right tackle or one of them in football for mm-hmm. sack. That was the first sack given up. Uh, you know this trivia question, right? No. Mark Lane Johnson in like six years. Okay, so you did know. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it was six years. I think it was three. But wow. it was something ridiculous. It felt like a long time from somebody who yeah. roots against the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, Lane Johnson, one of the best players in the NFL, regardless of position. And uh, anyway, that that's going back to the uh, Sunday night game a few weeks ago. But that's also why the Eagles are still ahead of the Miami Dolphins, not just the record. They beat this team straight up. Granted, Miami was a little bit of the walking wounded in that game. But I don't think there's any question Philadelphia is the best team in the league right now. No, I, they've got the best roster in the NFL. Uh, they're loaded on both sides of the ball. And now they've added Kevin Byard to their secondary. I see no reason why they shouldn't be the favorites to win the Super Bowl this season. Hey, but why don't they just acquire some more stars? Washington seems willing to give them up. Why yeah, they're they going to give them Go get yeah, McLaurin. McLaurin, whoever you want. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, they're giving them all uh, away. 30 cents on the dollar. Could you imagine, first of all, the Eagles had McLaurin to go with <laughs> – don't even put that out in the universe i don't even want to think about it oh my gosh unbelievable okay so top eight seattle at eight i've got detroit at seven i've got the baltimore ravens at six dallas cowboys at five 49ers at four based on their win over the cowboys a few weeks ago the chiefs at three maybe we could uh swap the niners and chiefs but it's really hard to move the niners higher than four when they've lost three games in a row uh miami dolphins who are getting healthier at two definitely like them over the chiefs right now and over the niners 
but the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the league. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, a lot of NFC teams. You look at this, we've got what three of our top five are NFC teams. Yeah, but then once we get past the eight Seattle Seahawks, it's it's all well, AFC teams. Uh, you know. <laughs> so we what, we only have three AFC teams inside of our top eight. Yeah, that's right. But then when you go nine to sixteen, it's like almost all AFC teams. teams. <laughs> Who cares about those teams? Right. Hey, what is your final thought other than the fact that uh, there's no good teams in the NFL? Uh, we got to see a quarterback this week named Tommy DeVito play for the Giants, which just so happens to be the same name of Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Wait a minute. What was the name of the Jets defensive lineman? Was that Mike DeVito? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But this was Tommy DeVito, which is yeah, based off a real character in, uh, in real life. 1985 book called, called Wise Guys. You love those kind of movies and books. Those are your absolute favorite. Absolute We've been watching favorite. lots good. of uh, New York mobster movies lately. So, Goodfellas or Heat? Oh, Goodfellas. But he is really, really good. Love Michael Mann. Oh, boy. We're going to have to... I think we might have to do a ranking in this area, but for now we're going to have to uh, leave and do picks on our next podcast. Don't worry. We won't rank movies. We already got Marcus's Halloween movie rankings, which were uh, middling. I'd say middling at best, but uh, if you want something better than middling, listen to him and Landon McCool. Uh, they host locked on hear more Cowboys talk and uh, see if they're going to win the Super Bowl now based off their blowout win over the Rams. Cause I'm sure they think they are. Marcus also does a dynasty podcast uh, for the Locked On Network and covers the Raiders for USA Today. Raiders Wire, check out his article on the trades uh, that's going to be coming out, what, tomorrow for the 33rd? Up right now, live reactions. Awesome. And uh, obviously on Twitter, he's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We really appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you when we do our picks. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.